0: Hello everyone. This is Faye from Face World Media and I'm very excited. I've been telling everybody about this event. I'm here with Mark Bowden, who is a world expert. Yeah, body language expert. And I absolutely love it. So before we get started, I want to just quickly introduce Mark. Um, I feel like he needs very little introduction given our shared connections, but just in case you're being exposed to his work for the first time. Mark Bowden has been voted the number one body language professional in the world for two years running. So, yes, now it's the time to sit up straight, even if you are sitting at home. Mark is the founder of communications training company Truth Plane, whose clients include leading, comp- leading business people, politicians, presidents of Fortune 500 companies, and prime ministers of G7 nations. His highly acclaimed TEDx Talk, an award winning YouTube show behavior panel has reached over 20 million viewers and he's regularly called upon the media to comment on body language around election news human behavior including on the dr phil show mark has written four books on body language and behavior and um i downloaded the kindle version uh truth and lies uh, a week ago and absolutely love it and um there's so much we want to get into and and you guys will not believe this, especially if you're on YouTube. I've been talking about how to Zoom, how to moderate better, all those videos. And um, I consider myself a little bit of an expert, but Mark is hired by Zoom to conduct more training moderation. I'm just super, super thrilled. Welcome, Mark.
1: Great to be here. Thanks so much, Faye. It's a real pleasure to be here. It's especially a pleasure to be in your vibrant home, uh, right now, we were talking earlier about this incredible uh, artwork that your mother does, which is just uh, looks stunning from here. I'm sure in the room it's even more vibrant. So, thanks for having me in your home. I appreciate oh. it.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Mark, for for noticing this. Actually, it's something that we're going to talk about um, as a as part of our discussion today. And I want to just give a shout out to Michael Lackey for introducing you. <laughs> officially thank you so much for being here michael and um yeah so thrilled so mark we're gonna jump right in actually since you mentioned the environment and noticing um what's in my home office and Mm -hmm. i'm feeling a little first of all i i was here early for the live stream and i ran off to my closet to have to find a jacket because i realized you always dress up for your regular meeting i was like no i can't be wearing a hoodie for this?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I want everybody to understand just how important they are to me. And so I'm, I'm wearing exactly what I would wear if I came and did a live keynote, a live meeting with you. If I came, you know, to your office as a professional, this is what I would be wearing. And so I want to do the same, even in that virtual environment, mm-hmm. simply so you know That this is just as important to me as if I met one of the leaders of the G7, if I was working with somebody who's running a multinational corporation. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter who you are, if you've shown up live for me right now, and especially because I'm in your home, Faye, and you're Mm -hmm. in my home. And you know, we've got we've got to make sure that we, I guess, appreciate that that boundary. Of, you know, you've invited me into your space. You, I'm around your mother's artwork. It's a, it's a bit of a familiar relationship, isn't yeah. it? And I want to show you that I respect that.
0: Hmm. Actually, now you mentioned, I realize it does make a really big difference. I know people carry different styles when they sit in front of Zoom, but... yeah you know, what, what you mentioned about that consistency of you appearing to a much larger audience, which I've seen you spoken in front of thousands of people. Um, there's one scenario I can think of in, in front of tens of thousands of people oh. running naked. We're going to get into that.
1: Not, not quite showing up like that today for you, but okay.
0: <laughs> Very serious look, but yet you're so warm. Your environment is very warm. So I would love to hop right in for people, you know, you know, Mark, I hear this all the time. People are sometimes taking Zoom calls from their basement, from a less ideal situation. They're, I don't know why, maybe, you know, it's such a privilege for us to have these home uh, offices. But what are some of the tips that you can give to my audience uh, for them to maybe reconsider decorating their office or making it into a more welcoming and more warmer environment?
1: Yeah. Okay. So let, let's go through a few things that I think will make a big, big difference. And listen, before we go into this this environment behind me, let me just show you one way to make this environment, the mm-hmm. environment of, you know, me, a little more easier for you to, to watch. Haven't you noticed that, I'm going to try and change my camera right now. Haven't mm-hmm. you noticed that there are a whole bunch of meetings uh, that you're on that look uh, a little bit like uh, this. Uh, has that changed it? Oh, no, it's not going to change my camera for me, unfortunately. But look, ultimately what That's happens welcome. is you end up looking up people's noses yeah. like this because you're using the laptop as a laptop. And so you mm-hmm. end up kind of this up-the-nose shot mm-hmm. and um, you're looking at the ceiling rather mm-hmm. than the the area around somebody. So what I want people to do is think about getting their camera at eye level. Often that means, you know, getting your your waste paper basket like this and pouring out all the content of that and sticking your laptop on top of that. You don't ever need to worry about the waste paper on the floor because nobody's going to see that. But ultimately, we want to get your camera at eye level so you don't height dominate your audience, be it one Uh, or many. Also, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that they can see more of the environment around you because Mm -hmm. your nonverbal communication is not just, you know, your eye contact, your face, your hands Mm -hmm. as well, but it's the the premise under which they see you, the framework under which they see you. And what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do here is just show you a little bit more of that environment, just Mm -hmm. let you see some indicators. By the way, you can't see the whole room here Mm -hmm. you saw other parts of the room you'd see it's a bit of a disaster over there it's certainly (laughs) a complete disaster on the floor now but I've put this at an angle whereby I can orchestrate a certain area and show you symbols and signals of what's important to me what I would say kind of a value statements. obviously books Mm -hmm. are important you know I have logoed up some of this mm. environment oh, as well, you see. so yeah so so I can have a corporate environment you know and corporate logos but still be in my home environment I totally understand like you Faye that that there are areas uh, you know that that you know are private in your home of course and and you can only do what you can do so I understand mm. if you want to use a virtual background but even so, even if you're using a virtual background, I wonder, can it be something that indicates to your audience something of your values, something mm-hmm. of your personality, rather than it being just kind of a blurred background where they don't quite know where you are? So try and mm-hmm. engage other people by mm-hmm. showing them something of the environment that you're in. Does, does that make sense, Faye?
0: yeah it absolutely does i love moving you to the the left the main seat so i we can always blow up your video and people can see more of you even on the live stream too and that makes perfect sense i also noticed something about like you're basically taking you're taking advantage of the longest distance like that corner behind yeah. you and yeah. that had the 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 depth you know the the depth view or something like that could you know somehow just make you look i think look a lot better whereas i feel like it's more even right i'm i'm just in front of a flat wall, uh, more or less.
1: Well, look, you've, you've made the sense of the space that you can, okay? Mm. And, and I love your setup there. We've got some some light coming in at the side. So rather than light in the background, you know, right in the background, which would probably your camera wouldn't mm. know what to focus on. It would focus on the light and turn you into a silhouette. And then you'd look like you're part of some witness protection scheme. <laughs> and that's never a good look in, in, in most organizations. But what I what I love is is you've got that that vibrancy of colour and light mm-hmm. and those are talking points. You know, don't notice how we started talking together mm-hmm. about your mum, okay? okay? And you were telling about your mum. I got a lot of your family background, mm-hmm. and that's simply by me noticing something and going, "Hey, mm-hmm. tell me about that." And notice how easy you were about telling me about that background and me understanding some of your values because by the way Mm -hmm. you know your mum did those great pictures but you don't have to put them up but you do yeah and that's really important yeah Yeah. I'm sure you know if you said to your mum hey mum you know these are beautiful pictures but they're just not right uh for my environment I'm going to put up something else she'd go oh okay good 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 Mm -hmm. but here's the thing you choose to put up that artwork in the back and that means something very important about you and your mother, and the history of her, and the tradition of of that, clearly it's very, very valuable for you. Now I know that. Now I know how I might be able to connect with you on those values. By the way, Faye, I want to show you something. Oh, please
0: Um, do.
1: So my mum made me this for my 50th birthday.
0: No way. Oh my goodness. And, And
1: it's a patchwork cushion, obviously, but it's made out of um, my old Hawaiian shirt collection, so I used to go to Hawaii every year and i'd collect these beautiful Hawaiian shirts shows up great on this this camera, wow. yeah, and wow. so she made that for my fiftieth uh, birthday for me so look you know that i 've yeah. now 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 we're here mm-hmm. you know in a in a business situation, but we're talking about our relationships with our mothers and how you know, how incredible they are at at art and the craft. And, and there's a connection there. Yeah. Now, if we'd have met in a faceless Starbucks cafe mm-hmm. and had this conversation, do you think we'd ever be connecting in that way? No way. No way, yeah. And so what I want people to understand is that, you know, over the last, you know many months we've all had our issues with Zoom. We've all had you know our problems with you know transferring to that and really getting used to that. But I want everybody to think about the opportunities that this mm-hmm. has. We uh have not you know talked face to face before, and we're already in each other's homes, and we're already connecting via yeah. our parents. What an incredible opportunity that would have wow. happened in no other place and time than mm-hmm. than this.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, Mark, you're you're first of all you're deep into, uh, uh, you know, sort of human connections, body language, and you're absolutely right. Pinpointed right away that, especially in the past two years, having been a an entrepreneur for the past six years, I noticed just in the past two years alone, with camera turned on. Uh, any clients, any prospects will immediately ask me about these artworks. And um, I, I can't help but pouring my heart out and, uh, you know, to to explain to them why it means so much to me. And in fact, yesterday I was telling my producer that before I die, I need to build an art museum for mom. I need to find a home for for her legacy. And this is part of my legacy. And it's really, it's really serious business. So thank you for noticing and and piecing all this for me, really.
1: Yeah, well, look, and I want other people to notice Mm -hmm. other people's Zoom backgrounds as well. Because here's what we know about people's homes is most people get somewhat of a choice of what goes on around their home. I know not Mm -hmm. every choice, but somewhat of a choice, let's Mm -hmm. just say. Mm -hmm. And usually, usually they will choose items to be on display that have significance and value to Mm -hmm. them. And if you're the person who can uncover some of that significance and value, you'll uncover what drives them. You'll uncover not only what drove them to put that thing on the wall or have that thing in the background, but you'll uncover the values that drive a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe their buying decisions, maybe how they want to be led, maybe what kind of leader they are, maybe what they see as a great vision, for, for the world or their community. So, so inquire about Mm -hmm. their backgrounds, just go, hey, so I'm just curious. I can't quite see. Here's another example, actually, Faye, let me do, let me do this with you. Because I see there's a whole bunch of books there, but I can't quite make out the titles. But, but out of all of those books that are there, Faye, which one has had the most impact on, on you? Which one stands out for you out of all of those books? I'm just curious.
0: Oh, wow. What a great conversation starter. I I feel like I have to look at a list and I would say, you know, it's interesting. I will talk about Michael Lecce's book, The Heart of Transformation. It has had a really significant impact on me because number one, with full transparency, I've been working with Michael for the past two years. And this was very special, uh, is very special to him, but his first book um to publish. So we went through a lot of, I feel like, emotional, spiritual roller coasters to not know exactly where this is gonna go. And so I've never really had that, like such an intimate relationship with a book as much as I've had with his. And um, you know, besides, you know, also Michael's a really good friend as well. But besides that book, I would say I'm giving away like one more book I was like Superfans by Pat Flynn and meeting uh-huh. him in person. Like he, I remember the book cover. I don't have it handy right now, but it says like, oh, not followers, cross out followers, cross out clients, and it says super fans. And those are the people who are there to purchase everything you ever produce. Which I have been a super fan of Seth Godin, purchased that and read every single book, and made a ton of friends through his network. So, yeah, hmm. it it works.
1: Interesting, okay, so look, just by asking that question, okay, mm-hmm. I got you know we elicited the, the relationship that we both have with 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 Michael Lecky, okay yeah. great, and then you go, okay there's this super fans thing, and you're the kind of person who is prepared to go all in on mm-hmm. Seth Gordon like mm-hmm. yeah i will I'll be all in on the merch and and, and the ideas, I- okay yeah and and that helps me understand something about about you but mm. I, but look how quickly i got there via looking at your nonverbal environment and mm-hmm. and just being innocent and just mm-hmm. going i can't see what's back there what is it what's most significant uh back there and mm-hmm. i could i could carry on <laughs> doing doing this So for, actually faye i see those are uh, are those li- are those like lilies in the background there i'm not so good at being able to tell Plant from plant. What 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 are those back there?
0: I know those are actually artificial. Those are like fake flowers because okay. they yeah they don't need much work. But yeah, it's a it's so funny. I can't help but giving you all the details you didn't necessarily ask for. But oh
1: no, she's yeah. I'm doing this because I want people to see. Just how delighted mm-hmm. another human being is when somebody yeah. goes, I don't quite know what that is back mm-hmm. there. Just how, and you know what you're about to do is not only tell me exactly what they are, but tell me the significance of mm-hmm. them. So, anyway, look, I just stopped you there, Faye. Tell, tell me about tell me about those.
0: Oh, it's interesting because my mom, as the artist, we bought the house a year ago, so she kind of put herself on this like on this track of finding decors for the house and a lot of the flowers fake flowers that you find at regular stores look really fake and they're not cheap either and they're fake and we happen to go to this thrift shops and where it's everything's donated and they're super and they're really really cheap and they're made out of handmade by this woman who has this story makes all the all these flowers using silk panels once again. So they're really natural they look so real on camera and they need they need absolutely no maintenance. So,
1: so, look, look again again, connections to your mother, yeah. connections to silk, okay, yeah. another value comes up, which is the, the idea of the thrift store, okay, but but you want it to be really good quality okay mm-hmm. you 're going okay i don 't want to maybe pay more than I should, but I still want it to be really, really good and 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 be connected to a value system. Mm-hmm. Look, and that's the thing. If if you show up or I show up in a faceless environment, um, then it's very hard for another human being to connect with us. I have seen mm-hmm. people out there and they they completely blur the backgrounds or they mm-hmm. put up, you know, a very kind of dry corporate virtual yes. background in there and. Uh, what happens in for our instinct is when insufficient data, we default to negative. So if we can't see enough, we're not optimistic. We don't go, hey, blurred background. I bet it's all good news. I bet they've blurred it because, you know, they're just in such a great environment. They wouldn't want to offend me by just how, how well they live. Mm-hmm. We don't do that at all. We go, mm-hmm. oh, I bet they've clearly got a problem with where they live. I wonder what's up with them. Oh, Oh, they shouldn't feel like that. I'm an okay person. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind. I wouldn't be offensive if they, if they don't not quite living in the way that they want to be living. Like we start mm-hmm. making up all kinds mm-hmm. of stories, not really yeah. positive ones. So mm-hmm. you're better off just delivering something of the mm-hmm. way you'd like to be seen because otherwise your audience will make up the difference and they will tend to not be optimistic. Uh, around it so look I got loads of signals around here that hopefully Mm -hmm. you kind of pick up on but certainly hopefully comfort and warmth and being welcome that you know Mm -hmm. I'm here just having a a chat with you you know like we might in a in a in a cafe or something you know I'm just kind of hanging out with you you might see awards to the side here as well Mm -hmm. that might you think make you think okay well maybe he likes you know winning stuff clearly books uh, are important the mm-hmm. little family portrait of the background there. I've even got the lights switched on here, which mm-hmm. helps you understand that somebody's at home and they're thinking and mm-hmm. it's warm here.
0: Yeah. It feels really warm. Even though I know you live in Toronto. I live in Boston. We're not, it's cold
1: it's Cold outside. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It looks <laughs> yeah, very, very warm very and cozy. You're not having a winter jacket on. It, it literally that tiny little bit of warmth, that color just makes me feel comfortable that you are comfortable. And, I love, Mark, I have to share this. This kind of happened relatively recently when um, I had a phone call with Michael Lecky, who just moved across the country from Connecticut yeah. all the way to Portland, Oregon. And um, I noticed there was a keyboard. I, I actually felt it right behind him. I actually felt it was awkward. I'm like, he never talked about music before. I bet it's like the previous owner left it there and he doesn't know what to do with that piece of instrument. And I asked him and he told me this whole story about, how he wanted to learn the piano when he was younger. He really regretted that he didn't continue and he wants to pick it up again. Now he's very open about his age. He's like in his 50s, he really want to learn how to play music. And I happen to work for and with several Steinway artists and I put them together with Cosmo Buono in wow. six months of learning. You know, believe this Cosmo calls me which he rarely does. He's like, you'll not believe how talented and how dedicated Michael is. He's able to play all these Chopin, like Bach music. And it was just so beautiful.
1: Right. Well, again, you know, without these Mm -hmm. things in the background or taking the risk to play them, to display them out there, it's very hard for us to make these connections. Mm -hmm. And therefore, all we're left with is, is the business of the day, you know, the meeting of the day rather than the connection. And there's nothing wrong with the business of the day. Like, you've got to get stuff done, obviously. But how how do you know how to trust people, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. now, Faye, now I know your connection with art, your connection with your mother, you Mm -hmm. know, all of those elements, that your connection with being all in on Mm -hmm. somebody. You know, if you find Mm -hmm. somebody you go, I really like this, like, you're all in uh, on that that's really helpful for me because now I go, well, so what would it be like if we worked more together? Like, Mm. are those the kind of values that I think um, would be helpful in our work? Without that, my brain is completely at sea, completely Mm. at sea. How do I know how to trust you, what to trust you around? Well, you can kind of say, hey, go and look at my website, or go and talk to a customer of mine or, or whatever, but it isn't mm-hmm. like feeling the connection for
0: mm-hmm. yourself.
1: So, mm-hmm. you know, well done for taking the, the risk of the, uh, of the fake flowers.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I have so many follow up questions. Cause you triggered another thought in my mind about getting to know me as someone who goes all in, which I do. Mm. And, um, and so for instance, like to, uh, I, I hate to use the word promote, but I really wanted to share today's conversation, knowing that everybody's super busy, especially on Mondays, um, that you know, a lot of people ended up tuning in to these segments after we've gone live. But if you're watching this live right now, I know some of you guys are, please leave us any questions. There are no silly questions. It's such a rare opportunity to have uh, Mark on. So I decided to share across, share about you, your work on my social media channels, I sent it across my email list. I have, you know, about 2,100 people there, which is a lot for me. And I shared it in my YouTube community as well. There's a community tab, as you know, Uh, you're also a YouTuber. And, you know, for me, I actually thought for a second to say like, okay, I'm sort of taking a risk here too. What if people don't like Mark, which I know everybody loves you. Um, What if, what if Mark doesn't show up? Because we changed this meeting a couple of times. But I feel like, you know what? Once I'm committed, I'm all in. And it's okay. Like, frankly, I, I had a backup plan in case. Julie says, oh, Mark can't make it anymore. He's running late. All right, I'm just going to go live by myself. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I see the world, which is one thing that I heard from multiple people about the fact that you are someone, you commit fully, and you have you don't have a plan for necessarily everything, which is totally counterintuitive for the world that we live in today. Everything is goal oriented. Everything has to have a specific outcome, but you're more relaxed about it all. So I kind of want to welcome your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, so, so first of all, um, uh, I have never not made it. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, Not making it in my, like number one is you have to be there. If you say you're going to be there, you're going to be there. Okay. So, so, um, but so, so then I arrive, I always arrive. I'm always there. Okay. I, so five I'm minutes always,
0: before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm always there
0: mm-hmm. now.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not good like some other people I know about having really kind of good crisp goals and going like, you know, this is what I want. I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of good if it's a numerical goal, if it's like, um, uh, yeah, so for example, with this YouTube award over here, that was for a hundred thousand viewers, uh-huh. and so and so with the work that we're doing on YouTube at the moment with the behaviour panel,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it, it's it's tricky to work out the goal other than well, let's get a million subscribers
2: mm-hmm. because
1: it's <laughs> because it's like and then we'll get a gold one. Now, you know, what are we going to do to do that? I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll work that out as we go along. But there's the there's the goal. I'm pretty good at numerical goals. Now, um, within that, for me, there is the importance and the value of how you're going to do that. And that I have got very, very set in that all I ever try to do now is show up and be helpful. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. it. So all I'm trying to do right now is just be helpful for for people. So that if we go away from this conversation and, and some people go, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't like him. Didn't like what he was saying. You know, all I'll ever do is go, "Oh, that's a shame," because I was trying to be really helpful.
2: Mm-hmm. So there'll
1: be, there'll be <laughs> nothing else going going on other than I was trying to be helpful, and if it didn't help them, nothing I can really do about mm-hmm. about that. So, so that's what I am trying to achieve, and certainly with clients that I have, when they go, "Hey, you know," um, I had a client just just now uh, in in financial services who was you know, they're, they're launching their business, they're, they're kind of relaunching their business and they, they want to grow and grow and grow. And they were going, hey, you know, we think we're going to get, you know, the, the, the might of our marketing department mm-hmm. onto making video and, and, you know, we'll walk people around the office and show them the team. And it was like, oh, right. Okay. Well, like, how's that going to help anybody? With, mm-hmm. with the problem that they have, you know, that you might, mm-hmm. how's that going to help? I mean, why not just make some videos where you just deal with, for free, the most important problems that that people who should be your customers and clients mm-hmm. have? Just mm-hmm. why not start the work immediately, which is kind of what I'm trying to do here with mm-hmm. the audience that are watching this, is 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 help immediately and mm-hmm. not go, oh, well, actually, for the answer to that, Faye, you'd really need to look in my book and, and you'll need to go away and buy uh, that. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, I'll give it away here mm-hmm. and, be, and be helpful. And if you're a client down the road, that's great. And if you're not, that's great. I don't really mind. Yeah. And if I'm helpful, that's great. And if I'm not, that's okay as well. But certainly all that's on my mind is, can I just help as much as possible? And then I can walk away going, well, I did what I wanted to do, which was try and be helpful.
0: Mm, I, I love it because I think that's really ultimately why you are very, very successful at what you do. It's not so much outbound marketing and sales, but people come to you because they're, you know, because of the charisma, the willingness and the transparency of your content. They are already being helped by, I, you know, once again, for people who didn't see this earlier, I watch your three minute video. I mean, literally, um, turns out we both know Dan and yeah. I, I didn't know I, I knew him until my partner told me about it. But I watch your three minute video sitting in a hotel room and you talked about this thing and that this was eye opening, which I'll reveal why in a second about facilitating these 5000 person webinars. And we the organizer and myself, we've been looking for the solution forever. So when I saw it and I wasn't thinking about like, oh, how can I save so many dollars or trying to recreate this piece of plastic myself? and Like I trust sure. Mark. And he's using it as an international speaker. And that's great. I got Logitech Brio as soon as that's done. You didn't, I noticed you didn't go like affiliate link, click here, do that. No. It's like
1: <laughs> there you go. The Brio on a Plexicam. No, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and Dan was so Dan at Plexicam. And mm-hmm. and you know, I just want to let people know I don't have shares in the company, I don't have any affiliate links. The only reason I'm showing you PlexiCam. Is that it's brilliant? Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. Is that if you get one, you'll be better off than if you didn't get one. Now, and as, mm-hmm. hey, as I, I, I'm always trying to be helpful when I talk about PlexiCam. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I show people, show people my my brio on a PlexiCam, and you know, let them know how you can you can now look through to the screen and hang yeah. it in the middle of your screen. And I say every time, look, if you're handy with Plexiglass, make one of your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So I'm> saying, <laughs> You know, or, or, and I do say, I do often say, you know, I started off, you know, thinking about this idea, and I was using a coat hanger, you mm-hmm. know, and then I saw Dan had done one with plexiglass. I was like, ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's much better than my, my coat hanger idea that was scratching up my screen and all kinds of stuff. Like, Dan had a better idea. But yeah. look. Nobody has to go and buy Dan's Plexicam. You can sculpt something out of a coat hanger. It's mm-hmm. just easier. If it, in my mind, it's easier if you go and buy the thing because it's only a few dollars and it works a treat. So again, yeah, I don't need I don't need affiliate uh, links for that because I've already got the value out, out of being helpful. That's mm. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. And, and like you see, CFA you know, you go and get one yourself and you go, oh yeah, Mark was right.
2: Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah.
1: So it probably means if I give you some more advice or help, you'll probably take that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so so we go down a a road of you trusting me um, and, and trusting that I have your best interests uh, in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, with that said, I know it's, uh, some people here are really eager to learn some of the tactics that you have shared, communicated on various channels for sure. So, um, speaking of Plexicam, I actually have. I, I would like to always improve the way that I present, um, host, moderate on these Zoom sessions. Granted, I think I would say most of us are using Zoom like ninety percent of the times, and and then the other ten percent, Microsoft Teams or or Google Meet doesn't matter what you use. But uh, Mark, I, I lately I've been hosting every other month these super uber massive sessions as a moderator i don't get to see any of the attendees i see their yeah. comments the most and and then on top of that i'll be very transparent to say because of some of these people who are very prolific and you know steve wozniak and you know and then also uh mark randolph from netflix so some of the questions are scripted which frankly makes it a little more challenging because i am also the go with a flow type of person and that's why Plexicam is able to allow me to see the script while I can kind of freestyle part of it. But I would love to be able to engage with people more. I want them to feel my presence as, as if I'm in the same room with them. Um, what are some of the advice perhaps you have for these much larger meeting audience where I don't really get to engage? And I don't even know how much I'm influencing them until I get the survey. And by the way, the results are great, but yeah. I'm still here to learn.
1: Yeah. So so um, is on those kind of events, is there Mm -hmm. some way you can connect with the audience via text or anything like that or just like no way at all?
0: Yeah. So since I'm moderating it in in this case, thank you for breaking it down, because some people in some cases will be able to interact with them. But um, since I'm the moderator with the guests, um, I won't be able to really interact with them. So the only presence I have is just it's sort of just me on stage. Um, but even, I think worse than TEDx, right? Or TED talk, where I can still sort of see the front row and, and pinpoint certain things. I'm, I'm unable to do that. So I yeah. wonder how I can be more natural and, and just engaging, like I'm really there not re- reading off a script.
1: Yeah. So what I, what I want you to think about is what I'm doing right now, which is every now and again, I like lean right into the camera and I look right down the camera. And I lower yeah. my voice because it's closer to my mic, which is right in front of me here. And what I do is get the sense of being even more intimate with mm-hmm. you, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, remember, if we, if we were doing this as to live, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the same geographical location to thousands of people, I would be, you know, mm-hmm. right back here, right back here somewhere, you know, talking on a big stage, gesturing in a big way, okay? Mm-hmm. And that might be big and grand, and I maybe have big images up to the side of me there, but the intimacy has been lost. Mm. And I'm somewhat in the darkness back here as well. And I want you to notice what happens as I, as I tiptoe through the garbage now that I threw on the floor.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. earlier.
1: But as I get more proximity with you, notice the relationship that you start to feel. Now, you know, now Faye, I know you're like it mm-hmm. for me, you're like a little square down here. So it's rather like, um, I've got to remember that you're there. Yeah. Okay, And I got to remember that I'm talking directly to you, the individual. So I've not mm-hmm. got to think about a big audience out there. Mm-hmm. I've got to think about individuals. I've got to think about you. So I'll say the word mm-hmm. you a lot, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. rather than you all. So you, so, 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 you know, what you are thinking or maybe thinking right now. And one way to make sure that I connect in some way with the idea of a human being is Mm -hmm. to have this here. Yeah. Okay. And I place that just close to my uh, camera. The moment it's just kind of underneath. And Mm -hmm. what it means is, is I'm looking right down the lens, but I can still see that smiley face just Mm -hmm. down and it just keeps reminding me that there's another human being Mm -hmm. there essentially so again you got to keep the intimate connection Mm. with the audience they'll feel it and you feel it for yourself I mean this already feels Mm -hmm. you know really quite almost secret between (sighs) you and me though many 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 people yeah could be watching right now. This feels quite secret and intimate between us. Anyway, I hope that's helpful for you.
0: Oh, it's very, very helpful. And I notice that you're leaning in. There are a lot of techniques. Uh, I know it comes very natural to you, but for people who are watching now or later, it definitely takes practice. And I think it's important to not overjudge ourselves and how we look, how we sound on camera necessarily right away. But I love how, Mark, you're always animated and you're fun, you're fun to look at. And you know, most people are just sitting there um, with no emotions, no gesture, but you're always pointing, you're running around the room, which just makes the experience just so, just so much more engaging and relaxing. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. So I know that the scenario that I was describing for me that happens every other month, which, frankly, I feel like oh, I need more practice, because every time I, I go in, I feel like it's something new. And now I know exactly what to do. Now, we have a lot of people watching this. They're in more normal meetings. Mm-hmm. It's them, maybe one other person. I love the one other person meeting, but sometimes it's just even two, three, four other people up to a group of maybe 10 people are normal for people's ups, virtual meetings. And um, it, you know, like it's hard sometimes for people, especially for the hosts, perhaps to help Everybody, to activate them, to keep them energized, to keep them engaged. What are some of the advice that you may have for these mundane, like everyday Zoom virtual sessions?
1: Yeah. So, look, I mean, you know, people are doing many, many meetings a day. It's mm-hmm. it's exhausting for all kinds of reasons that we could go into psychologically as to why it's so exhausting. But ultimately, what we need is some kind of Zoom stamina, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. So how do you build that that Zoom stamina well, one of the things, if, if you feel there isn't a social connection, it's harder work for everybody. Mm-hmm. So can you ask for that social connection? Uh, up front, because that's easier for the brain. The brain uh, gets upset if it feels it's not connected with other human beings, especially if it feels that that it's being judged and judged harshly and isn't getting any feedback. So look, here's what I do on on meetings, be it, be it to one people or many, is when I show up and I see lots of dark screens there you know mm-hmm. and just somebody's initials I go so look here's what I've noticed about virtual meetings if I can see you and you can see me this meeting goes much quicker we're going to understand each other so much better and you can get exactly what you need from me almost immediately so what do you want to do about that and then what I notice is we get more more people coming mm-hmm. up because I've I've I haven't told them they need to put their camera on, but I've made them a deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I can see and you can see if I can see you and you can see me, the meeting goes much quicker. Okay, Mm -hmm. so nobody was at the meeting going, I want it to be interminably long. They're going, well, I hope this is, you know, relatively fast. Um, mm-hmm. We understand each other so much better. Nobody's there going, well, I wanted to be misunderstood. And if I mm-hmm. say you can get exactly what you need from me almost immediately, it suggests that there is some value
2: here. Mm-hmm.
1: OK, mm-hmm. so let people know that it's more advantageous for you to be able to see each other. And that way, and there's a benefit to it, that way you're more likely to see them. Engage Mm -hmm. in the environment around them. And if you can't see the environment, ask questions about people's environment. So Mm -hmm. a good question is, where are you in the world right now? Mm -hmm. Okay, If you don't know this person already, you don't know where they are, find Mm -hmm. out where they are. Because you might be able to connect very quickly around the geographic location or what's Mm -hmm. happening in the weather system there at the Mm -hmm. time. Just connect that you are a human being that knows other geographic locations, knows weather systems, understands that, you know, it's a sunny day for you. I've had sunny days as well. You know, we we do get sun in Canada uh, now and again, even in the winter, quite a bright day out there. So just find ways to connect. and Again, that will build up your Zoom stamina. Mm -hmm. What causes fatigue is being, um, is antisocial behavior, okay? Which would be, Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you can't see anybody, and they're just voyeurs, they are passive consumers, not active contributors. Mm-hmm. You need to help other people in the meeting, give them space to be active contributors, Mm because otherwise they'll be passive consumers. And they'll Mm -hmm. just consume and consume and consume and consume, and then leave. And Mm -hmm. you won't know whether you did anything that was valuable or not. And that's antisocial. When somebody just takes stuff and Mm -hmm. doesn't say, hey, thanks very much. That was kind of useful because of this. That's, that's an antisocial behavior. Okay. Mm -hmm. So don't, Help them out of that, because this environment can easily create antisocial behavior. The mm-hmm. other antisocial behavior is, is you looking at yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's a little bit tricky. Now, you know, I'm, I often need to be able to see myself out the corner of my eye to know am I in frame or not. But really, you know, what I'm mm-hmm. going to do is take my smiley face right now, and I'm going to stick that smiley face over the top of my image right now. So I can't see myself anymore. All I can do now is focus on that camera. And I've now got another, instead of me, I've got a little smiley face over here as well. That's already relaxed a part of my brain, which is constantly going, are you in frame? Are you in frame? Are you gesturing? Are you animating the frame? I can now relax from that a little bit. Now it's maybe calmed down my personality a little bit, but you know, probably about time. Uh, <laughs> gives me a bit of a of, of arrest. So look, think of all the things that might be considered antisocial and mm-hmm. try and sit, set up a situation where you're less likely to be antisocial and more likely to be social. hope, hope that makes sense to you, think?
0: Yeah, it, it does. Absolutely. You mentioned to create an environment that's positive and help people open up. Are there certain techniques or questions perhaps to uh, open people up a little bit more, asking them a question and actually wait for it. You know, like there's one exercise I tried counting down instead of like trying to answer anything ahead of time for anyone else, actually wait for the answer. Uh, Even five seconds could feel like a really long time, but do you think creating that space on Zoom is possible and helpful?
1: Yeah, I mean, finding time to ask them questions and get mm-hmm. answers from them. If you use hierarchical questions, so questions that cause their brain to go, okay, I've got to work out the best or the smallest or the biggest or the mm-hmm. the, the most lively or, um, uh, you know, so I could ask you mm-hmm. a, a hierarchical question, you know, out of all your mum's uh, art that mm-hmm. you have, Faye, uh, what for you is the most significant piece—the one that you look at and go, "That I—that I, is the one I would have over anything else."
0: Uh, it's really hard, right? It's—it's it's very challenging for me to answer that question. I think I do like them all.
1: <laughs> I know it's easy—it's easy to like them all, but mm-hmm. if you were forced to pick, which one would it be?
0: Ah, I—I I think. Oh, wow. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, actually. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, uh, I really, the, I really, it's always something that she's maybe currently working on. um And uh, is just opens up uh, all the n- whole new possibilities. Like I'm mm-hmm. always stunned by that, the fact that she doesn't run out of any ideas and just dreaming these things up out of the blue. Um Amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah, so notice what happened in that question is yeah. you know, you couldn't find any, you couldn't find, but I went again and went, No, yeah. oh, pick, pick, pick. And yeah. oh, I can't pick, I can't pick. And then you went, It's whatever she's working on at the time. Yeah. And you found something there. Yeah. Okay. And so, and, and something happened about the value system around that, that, that still at her, you know, amazing age she is still creating stuff yeah still making stuff and mm-hmm. so it, it struck me there's a big value in that for you yeah you know, a huge value in that for you so but the key there was to stick to the question because mm-hmm. I could have immediately gone oh no it's okay well uh here's a better question then
0: right right
1: Rather than going, no, I'm going to stick to this question. So you have to get used in this environment. Mm -hmm. Well, in in fact, in any environment where you're asking great questions, you have to get used to hanging in there and not filling in the space for the other person because, Mm -hmm. you know, you get worried about them as the answerer and you force them into a question, you force them into making choice and because the Mm -hmm. the brain likes to create hierarchy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, notice how, how hard your brain worked to try and go, oh, I've been asked for a hierarchy. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Yeah. I've got to do it. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, I've come up with something. It's the yeah. most recent thing. It's the thing that she's doing right now, okay? Yeah. You'll find an answer, and that answer will have some real value to it. You've got to kind mm-hmm. of force your audience, be mm-hmm. more, um, put more effort in yourself to forcing them into being more active, Mm-hmm. Around their participation, Faye. It would be so easy, and I could do it. In that, you know, you get me on a, a call like this, and basically, I can talk to myself for uh, for hours.
2: Right.
1: You know, and so again, I need to be constantly aware of going. Get back to Faye. Get another question from Faye. Get other people involved. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's kind of antisocial. It's just me talking at myself for mm-hmm. for a long, long long, long time. And I do that internally anyway. You know,
2: <laughs> right. my,
1: my yeah. brain has, parts of my brain have conversations uh, with itself all the time. Anyway, mm. I hope that's a decent answer for you, Faye.
0: I love it. I love it. Since I know that we don't have infinite, I mean, I you're, I'm sure you hear this all the time. It's very, very easy and relaxing to talk to you. It, it's strange in a way that because I'm consuming so much, learning so much and have to reflect and will continue to do so beyond this call, yet I feel very at ease and I'm very relaxed, um, which is not often the feeling I get while learning. and it's unfortunately there are a lot of problems in our educational systems to put so much pressure on kids so that they can't even enjoy the mm-hmm. some of the really important things that they're learning. But I, I gotta, you know, make sure that you know, I let you go within ten minutes or less is, I would love to learn about your experience of the ability to run naked in front of, I don't know, is it 30 or 60,000 people?
1: Well, so, so, so if, if anybody's out there going, what on earth is Faith talking about, all you need to do is to Google Nike streaker, Nike streaker and uh, and you'll find me uh, there. So yeah, (laughs) that was an ad that I did for for, uh, Nike shocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what year it was. It was the year that Nike Shocks came out. There's probably some 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 shoe aficionados out there who, who know the exact date of that. But we filmed that at Millwall Football Club. Mm-hmm. I think we had maybe about 20, maybe 15, 20,000 people maybe in each at a go, and they would be moved around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and and other spectators CGI'd in, um, uh, you know, computer graphic, you uh, later on but yes it was four days of filming in front of still a very large crowd of people running around completely completely naked other than some nike shocks and
0: (laughs) oh i didn't realize that you were actually wearing the shoes
1: (laughs) i'm actually wearing the shoes yeah yeah yeah. i'm actually you wouldn't want to do that barefoot
0: (laughs) well that's interesting um i was trying to say like who got cast? I mean, you clearly got casted for the role. Mm-hmm. Was it like any competition? Were there like a line of naked men like competing in for London, yeah, that yeah. spot?
1: In London, you can always, there's always a line of naked men somewhere. <laughs> uh, well, I, w- I was already quite known for this, this area of physical performance, of being able to, you know, um, mm-hmm. demonstrate, create a, a feeling, an idea with my. Movement. I've been in uh, visual theatre for many, many years, uh, so I, I, I would have been part of a a a list of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, not massively long. That not, literally not 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 a lineup of just naked people. Mm-hmm. A lineup of very specific naked people uh, who who uh, could create what I create there, which mm-hmm. is really. The idea. I'm talking with uh, is Frank Budgen, who directed it, the most awarded um, uh, ad director at the time. Uh, so, so extraordinary director. Um, and what we talked about was how do we create this idea of being totally free? How can we get this idea of of complete freedom? Um, mm-hmm even when you're being chased down by the police and you're in such a massive crowd that would be such kind of social risk if you're mm-hmm. naked and football players and what would freedom really look like? I mean, the idea of streaking was already there, but then, you know, they're streaking and they're streaking. And, and, and hopefully what you see there is the epitome of, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, the greatest streaker ever. That was the, you know, what would be because that moment of, of running naked in front of a, a crowd is that moment of like I just don't care like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm outside of society I'm completely free around this so but you've you've got to create that in in a few seconds that people must already know what an amazing streaker this is the best streaker ever so that's uh that's how I got the the role I was part of a, a, a group of people who could do that, and had a conversation with the director, and he went, "Yeah, let's do this one."
0: That's amazing. I mean, I rem- I probably was like around early 2000, 2000 to two thousand and three when the shoe came out, and uh, I remember watching. Thanks to Michael, who actually sent me the video, I was trying to watch it, and I realized it was like a four by three orientation. It was a little pixelated, so it wasn't super clear. But did you have any fear then or now to say? Oh my God! With a 4K camera, the 6K camera these days, like, can be. Are you are you any at any moment concerned about what the level of details people are seeing, or like it's not really a big deal to you?
1: Um. Well, well, in the edit, in the final edit, they had they had to pixelate it, or it wouldn't get broadcast on US TV. So, (laughs) so, so. I mean, there may be all kinds of footage. Out there, but it but it certainly hasn't made the internet uh, at this at this point. We were shooting. I mean, yeah, at the time it, it wasn't. There was no such thing as four K. But he had hired um, the Channel Four outside broadcast team to do the mm-hmm. shooting on it. Uh, much better quality cameras than they'd normally be using. But ultimately, he'd used mm-hmm. people who were used to following football matches. That was there. That was their job for, for live, live um, terrestrial TV in the UK. Um, yeah, I would, listen, uh, the thing is, you know, when you're mm-hmm. running naked around a football pitch, you, you're more worried about sharp objects than anything else. <laughs> when you're being chased by stunt guys dressed up as police officers who you've said, look, mm-hmm. uh, just go for the tackle. Just try and get me down. I will try and escape. You just try and get me down. You just try and take me down. And of course, uh, they do a lot of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so <laughs> many many takes were me hitting the ground hard.
0: Oh wow!
1: Yeah. So it it it's it's uh, you know, and I would do that for a, for a few minutes, and then go. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm getting very very cold. I can't run anymore. And then I have to go in. They had a, a masseur who would get my legs back and moving and try and take away some of the bruising that was now happening around my body. Every time I'm taken down or I jump over a fence and I don't manage to make it and I hit the concrete and, you know, all of that kind of stuff happening. And, you know, over four days, you just, you just, you know, do your best and then get your body back into the shape and go on again. And, uh, but I do remember after four days, I, I came back home, uh, uh, sat in a warm bath and basically went into shock. Oh. <laughs> it was, you know, at that point, the adrenaline had gone down. Uh, yeah. and, and it was then the body was like, well, what have you now gone and done to yourself?
0: Oh, speaking of stamina, so funny.
1: <laughs> I was a lot thinner by day four. Than, <laughs> believe me. I wow. I was weight by day four.
0: lovely thank you so much for sharing this because i don't think i've heard the story in in full length uh anywhere else on youtube uh, during my research so you revealed visual theater and i think that will be my last question Mm. um which is i was gonna say i wonder what mark's origin story is gonna be why did he choose uh, you know an lp neuro-linguistic programming and you know mirroring all these and then body language it just seems like what a what is the perfect transition and that has, you know, lent itself to so many opportunities, including working with Zoom. But I was just like, where did all this come from? That you just like picked this or, yeah.
1: Well, I just really fell into it. I, I, was, mm. I was involved in, in, first of all, visual art, how mm. you tell stories with pictures, and then how you tell stories with moving pictures. Got really, really good at that. Really good at helping other people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and at the start, that was in the in the theater, film and TV context. Mm-hmm. And then people in uh, PR started to come to me in London and go, can you do that with our clients? That, and these were people in business and politics. And mm-hmm. so I started working in business and politics with what are the environments and the human uh, maneuvers that we can set up in order to convince the camera and therefore the public of um you know a certain outcome a certain to influence and persuade and i and i got very good at that within the theatre film and tv context and it was and the and, and really you know business and politics weren't very far ahead in that mm-hmm. at all there was really nobody who who knew what i knew was doing what i was doing in in the world of entertainment that had mm-hmm. ever moved that only I mean, nobody was really doing what I was doing in, in entertainment at the level that I was doing it, and then uh, taking that into business and politics was a whole other step. Mm. So, so once I took my work to there and like where I am right now, there, you know, there really was when I started, there really was nobody who knew what I knew in the field that that I was in. So it was pretty pretty unique, and that's why in the world of body language. Uh, when i wrote my first book uh, winning body language where is it over here somewhere uh, this book here the the information that was in this had never been written down before it mm-hmm. was it was the techniques here were word of mouth actually going all the way back to ancient greece never been written down it had been passed down wow. within theater and visual art it'd been passed down visually
2: mm-hmm.
1: ultimately and in the and in the in the um the stories of, 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 of theater, which Mm -hmm. of course, as you probably understand, the Greek theater was a, a, uh, was ultimately a political, uh, propaganda. It was a political Mm -hmm. manipulation. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, everything was fit really quite nicely. And, um, and I had something very, very unique. So to, to an extent, uh, it, I'm not sure I picked it. It kind of picked me or, or I kind of floated, floated to the top on that. Maybe.
0: Well, that sounds really interesting. And uh, you, as you're revealing all of this, I'm thinking it makes so much sense because, you know, my love for multimedia, but I also have, have interviewed so many Cirque du Soleil and circus artists from Seven Fingers from worldwide. And and it just uh and it's incredible. Uh even I recently watched Cirque du Soleil's documentary and it's describing there's some parallels to what you just said, um, communi- communicating a story and, mm-hmm. in their world of fantasy, and but it's not completely removed from reality, and it's just so fascinating. So
1: yeah.
0: well, I it probably heard, won't yeah. surprise
1: you. I I trained a lot of people who work with Cirque du Soleil. I have what? a lot of friends who who've who were in shows as as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So wow. the connection is uh, you know, when I first started off in visual theatre, we had this—you know—we had early visions of 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 circus without animals, mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, because the great thing about circus and animals is that is the implicit danger mm-hmm. uh, of it, and and keeping that danger within the ring mm-hmm. and uh, within that tight ring, and the audience their fear that that the danger will come out of the ring. I mean, it's only the the clowns that ever mm-hmm. get to. Past that barrier, uh, and we started thinking about well, because we already knew, you know, the, the days of animals in entertainment are are going to disappear and disappear for some very good reasons. And so we started going, well, what could we have instead that's dangerous? And thinking, well, just you know, big machinery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's do circus with you know diggers and chainsaws and mm-hmm. stuff that people would feel is is you know, where do we get that animal danger? Essentially, mm-hmm. and then Cirque du Soleil came in, and it had some elements of that danger, but almost what it replaced it with was an aesthetic around a beauty, just a delight, an incredible mm-hmm. imagination, and and mm-hmm. almost the danger of of taking yourself into that totally big imaginative uh, uh, world. So I so mm-hmm. I love uh, Cirque du Soleil's work. Oh, yeah,
0: unbelievable. There's so much shared experiences there. Oh my goodness. Um, I, we have to talk about it, uh, for the Montreal's, uh, you know, completely circus week in July or something. I, uh, went there for like, watch like 15 shows in a row. I recommend to anyone anywhere. So, um, I want to respect your time, Mark, and thank you so much for joining me today. And, um, Yeah. Is there anything that you want to leave our audience with before we head off or before we end the stream?
1: No, just look, if if you found this useful, you found this helpful link in with me. You know, I sit around answering questions all day, every day, linking in with people. You're very welcome to to carry on this conversation with me via LinkedIn. So you'll find me there.
0: Oh, Amazing. Awesome. All right. I'm going to end the stream now and Mark, don't go anywhere just yet. All right. Thanks again for watching everyone.